Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund, and you can learn more about that at masters.vc. I just want to take a moment and say this show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We started it with the intent to rip that opaque lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And there you have it, folks. Hi, Jillian. Hey, Anne. What's on your mind today? Well, it actually is following on from last week. We had attorney David Gitlin from Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfeld here in the Philly area uh, join us to further explain what a structured exit is and how it works. Turns out this funding model is not particularly well known. In fact, just a few days ago, I was chatting with an M&A consultant in New York who also does some um, fundraising for, for companies in their B and C rounds. And he said, oh, you mean venture debt, don't you? And I'm thinking, thank you, mansplainer. No, I did not mean venture <laughs> debt. <laughs> so I spent half an hour telling him what David told us last week. But it occurs to me, there is widespread confusion out there. So I would like us to take today to dig a little more into just what the difference between a venture debt and a structured exit is and why it matters. When I asked David that last week, and you know, he, he talked about a lot of things. You can only do so much in 26 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but you know, when I asked him that question, he said, well, debt is debt, you know, okay, I get, <laughs> I, I get that, you know, and I also get that a structured exit is not debt, but an equity investment in which the portfolio company can buy back its stock by redeeming preferred shares. Why is that so hard for folks to grasp? Well, let's see. It's just new. It's just a little different. So let's start like we usually do, you know, with with some definitions. Let's start with the concept of venture debt, because a lot of people know about that. They're comfortable with it. It's something they already understand. Okay, so there's Kaufman Fellows article that I read recently, and let's put that link into our um, LinkedIn page so that people can see that article direct, right? They note that venture debt is a complement to equity financing. Venture debt's generally structured as a three-year term loan, or sometimes a series of loans, sometimes it's even longer, but generally, okay, with warrants for the company stock. Typically, that venture debt is senior debt, and it's secured by the company's assets, right? Get that one. It's the company's assets, sometimes even specific equipment. So essentially, it's more like an equipment loan. You know, you have a factory, you need a new piece of equipment, that's a really good way to get it. This is available to all kinds of folks, not just those that are in the technology scalable field, if you will, okay? Now, there are tech banks like Silicon Valley Bank and similar ones, right? And there are dedicated venture debt funds, such as Lighter Capital right here in Seattle and several others we've heard of around the country and so on. They offer different types of venture debt options to scale corporations. These loans have a payment schedule that's generally determined by the recipient's uh, company's revenues and their gross margins. 
and it costs about the same as an expensive credit card. It's about 20 to 35% per annum and sometimes a little more, whatever. That's actually pretty reasonable when you consider that conventional venture capital equity for cash style investments are designed to yield at a minimum 10x and hopefully 100x or more for investors. Mm-hmm. All that aside, venture debt is most suitable for companies with a product in the field, a minimum of some months steadily growing sales revenues, often six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, venture debt has its advantages. It results in less equity dilution for entrepreneurs and investors. Two, it does not require a valuation to be set for the business. Three, venture lenders do not require board seats. And Mm. uh, another one is the due diligence process is typically less exhaustive compared to equity, which makes perfect sense. You know, if somebody is going to put a chunk of hand, you a box of money as an equity investment, and they expect a hundred times bigger box at the end of it. They want to. They want to know that you got some, you know, some real chops to do that. Whereas the venture That's lenders, right. you know, it's like six months of revenues, or you know, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot different. However, all that said, comes with challenges. Yep. Even a company with a large gross margin may want to use all the revenues for growth. I've heard that several times from founders. These kind of companies are better suited for conventional venture equity investment in which the investors are paid back at the end of the game. Another challenge is VCs considering the next round of funding, which commonly happens if you're going to grow that big, uh, don't want their investment to be used to pay off debt. They want their investment to be used for the hyper growth, right? Yeah. yeah. And for investors, returns from a venture debt agreement are taken as interest, i.e. general ordinary income. Debt doesn't have the favored tax advantages offered to those who engage in venture equity investments. Yeah. All of that's absolutely true. There's good, there's bad, you know, everything's got its ups and downs and its applications. So now listen, we're not tax accountants and we can't and we don't offer tax advice. So I'm just going to read this snippet from an article that I found at Alumni Ventures website. And let's put that link in too so people can go you check that it. out. You got Okay. It. And I quote, most venture investors are aware that deploying capital in early stage, high growth companies provides the opportunity to earn high value returns. However, investors might not know that they can claim a federal tax exclusion by investing in qualified small business stock. Essentially, if the stock meets six requirements laid out by the Internal Revenue Service, an investor does not have to pay taxes on gains of up to 10 million bucks or 10x the adjusted basis of the stock, whichever is greater. So investors, we're going to let you and your tax accountant sort out those six requirements that are mentioned there, right? And uh, suffice it to say that venture equity investments have advantages that venture debt doesn't. Okay, now that we have some perspective on what venture debt entails, let's look at venture equity with structured exits. 
Okay. Um, so somewhere between conventional venture equity and venture debt lies this venture equity with structured exit. You know, we need a term for this investment, Dad. I mean, we keep describing it with all of this stuff. So for purposes of the show, and maybe forever after moving forward, I'm going to coin the term structured equity. And it stands for the full description of this kind of investment instrument. It's the equity venture capital with a structured exit. Okay. So there are several objectives of structured exit, uh, you know, equity investments. Okay. It reduces risk. You can shorten the time to an exit for investors. They get the money back, right? You can return equity to the founders or the company at large. The, you can scale corporations without forcing the leaders to exit, which means you don't force the company to sell or have an IPO. You can continue to operate it. So this is great for privately held corporations, right? And you can optimize some tax advantages. And we just read just a little bit about what that might look like. So that's a pretty good list. And I could think of a great many companies uh, that neither desire nor need to become unicorns, that this would serve very, very well. We meet them every day. It's what we call uh, the big middle. You talk about uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, early adopters, and now we mm -hmm. need VC needs to address the big middle. So um, the kind of companies like, I don't know, what do you have in mind, Jillian? Well, Essentially, what we're saying is that you can expand the variety of companies that can be funded by the private sector, right? Until now, you either go to a bank or, you know, you're kind of stuck. I mean, well, there's the SBA and stuff like that. But privately held companies, and again, we keep talking about this, and, you know, we, we call them things like uh, a cottage industry, you know, uh, lifestyle business. It's not so much, you know, privately held companies in the mid-sector, they can be very, very valuable, but their owners don't want to exit, okay? Yeah. So, yeah, that, this really makes uh, sense. We can expand the variety of companies from not just those that want to scale to become unicorns, but include those that want to scale but not sell and they want to continue to operate, which means they can probably employ a whole lot more people and, you know, put a whole lot more taxes into the local, regional, and national, uh, you know, fed, uh, coffers and so on. Right? We can include those in this kind of funding. That becomes kind of exciting, even from the social point of view, not even from the investor and then the uh, entrepreneur point of view. And uh, the prosperous local economies point of view. Exactly. So, so <laughs> you just named a pretty good list of, of, of five key attributes, um, objectives, and I'd like us to unpack it. But first, we have to take a break for our sponsors. So we'll be right back with more insights into the world of venture capital on VC Confidential. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, 
WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music here, and we're talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, we opened the conversation about how a structured exit differs from venture debt. Debt is debt and has its advantages and disadvantages for investors and founders alike. We mentioned the several objectives of structured equity investments. And I'm going to say that again because it is our term and we're going to put it out there. Structured equity investments. Um, Anyway, they are reducing risk, shortening time to exit for investors, returning equity to founders, scaling corporations without forcing an exit, and also uh, optimizing tax advantages for the investors. So let's unpack it unpack it. How does a structured equity investment reduce risk and for whom? Okay, I can take that one. So when a VC performs due diligence on a company and makes a decision whether to invest or not invest, right? the overarching question is pretty much this. Does this company have the potential to become a unicorn-sized company in three to five years? In other words, can it exit at at least half a billion, if not a billion dollars? Pretty straightforward, eh? Three to five? Wait a minute. <laughs> That's the question. We know. Yeah, yeah, I know. You yeah. just <laughs> go on, pick yourself up off the floor. Yeah, I the know. average Sorry. fund lasts 10 years, yeah. right? You get to invest for the first three, then you watch it grow for seven, but they're saying three to five can't do it. And we know that only 4% even exit at all. And usually the funds are extended from 10 to you know 11 to 12 to 14, 15 yep. years. Yep. Yep. We, we know that's happening. Okay. The average fund is, I think, uh, 14 years now. I don't know. It was 11 to 16 was pretty much the dead center, the median. It's crazy. So we know that. But the question really is, can it do it in three to five? Because that's the one they're looking to win. And by the way, the winners do, right? Almost always. If you're going to win, you're going to win early. There are a few stragglers who take longer, but in general, that's it. So now a structured equity investor asks a different question. Can this company achieve enough adjusted gross revenues to return a reasonable ROI to the fund within three to five years? 
same question in terms of time frame, completely different question in terms of what the company has to achieve. We are not asking companies as structured equity investors. And you know, we keep saying we, right? And yeah. let's just be clear to everybody listening in, just in case you don't know us and you've never met us and you just fell off a turnip truck. We run the <laughs> master's fund and the master's fund is a structured ex. Uh, excuse me, a structured equity investment fund, right? It's what we do when we are just, you know, we, we go to the wall for it because we believe that it's actually a, a kind of a better way to put this together for almost all investments. Conventional venture capital, I keep saying this again and again, works very, very well for a very tiny sliver of companies. And we should stop trying to use it to fund all kinds of companies for whom it is not a good um you know, a, a good vehicle, if you will. It's not a good match. And it's this lack of good match that makes 80% of venture capital companies, uh, funded companies, die in five years. So we're trying to fix those kinds of things, right? And there's all kinds of other issues to be fixed as well. Now, again, the structured exity, uh, uh, equity investor is going to ask, can the company achieve enough adjusted gross revenues? And by adjusted, it means, you know, what's your gross margin? What's your, you know, gross revenues? Where's the, you know, how much do you need to operate the company and how much do you need to continue to grow it? All of those kinds of things. And then what piece will you use to redeem the stock that the equity investor just gave? Uh, you know, uh, took from you and gave you cash for, right? So that's how, again, uh, you want to listen to the previous show to understand how a structured equity investment works. But the short of it is standard equity investment, like everybody else, you hand over cash, they hand over stock, nice exchange, but they redeem it on a regular schedule. So a conventional venture uh, investor gets the invested cash and any returns out of the deal through an exit, sale or IPO. That's a lot of eggs in essentially one basket, right? The risk lies in getting the company all the way to the finish line. The structured equity investor gets cash return through regular payments, usually monthly, made by a portfolio company once the company achieves that mutually agreed upon adjusted revenue thresholds. The risk, of course, lies in getting those thresholds right, making sure that the company can return it in a reasonable period of time, and you're not killing the company to do so. So the structured um, equity investor is kind of getting their stuff back in a more regular uh, pattern, and they get it back starting. It probably bears repeating here that structured equity investments, by their nature, limit the upside by structuring an exit, but not entirely. And if, if uh, you, you don't understand what you're missing, let me lay it out for you. If you don't ride a rocket ship all the way to the top, you may not share in the gains. However, as David, <laughs> as David Gitlin, uh, attorney with Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfeld here in Philadelphia and our guest last week on VC Confidential, as he noted, a well-written structured equity investment includes warrants. 
those warrants provide structured equity investors the opportunity to partake to a lesser degree, for sure, uh, than conventional venture equity investors in the upside should a portfolio a company achieve an exit through a sale or an IPO during or even shortly after the structured exit is completed. It's all about the warrants. Yes, Absolutely. So um, every risk has this appropriate reward, right? Conventional venture capital investors take huge risks as witnessed by the rather low returns booked out for the last quarter of a century. Our own CFO Carly Price notes, you know, no VC firm has actually returned an average ROI anywhere near the promised 3x ROI, right? Not over time. Once in a while, something goes nuts, but that's not the same as the entire industry can do it or even anyone can do it, not even the biggest names. So with a structured exit uh, equity investment, we're able to substantially reduce risk, thereby increase the regularity which with, with which we're going to see some positive returns. Okay, let's tackle shortening time to exit for investors. Why does structured do structured equity investor investments take less time than conventional venture capital return and ROI to investors? This one, you know, it seems kind of intuitive. If you yeah. have to wait for the exit or the sale of the sale or IPO, it's going to take a lot longer than if you need only wait for positive returns in a sufficient amount for a company to start repurchasing equity from the investor. Yeah. That makes pretty good sense. You know, exactly. <laughs> the average conventional venture capital fund is a 10-year fund. We talked about that, right? And it's a really 11, 12, 14, whatever, right? So tying up your capital for any reason at any time is a risk factor, right? Tying up your capital for shorter periods of time reduces risk as well as having the nice benefit of returning your invested capital and hopefully some interest as well. So you can use or deploy that capital anywhere you like. With a structured exit uh, equity investment, investors begin to see payments in about year three to five, really. You know, kind of four is that that winging number, right? So with every dollar that they see returned to them, these investors are actually reducing the risk of the originally invested capital, right? If you put a hundred bucks down and somewhere starting around year three, well, you get, I don't know, two bucks, three bucks, four bucks, whatever it is. With every dollar you get back, you can kind of reduce the risk of that first hundred bucks. And then finally you get to the zero mark and you start making money, right? So that's pretty cool, right? With conventional venture capital, all of your invested capital is tied up until the company reaches the goal line. It's an all or nothing game. So the stakes are very high. The risk is very high. And with each investment, the investor, the risk taker, or dare I say the gambler. Um, yeah, that just Ooh. happened. <laughs> that just happened. It sure did. Yeah. So calling um, the spade the spade. <laughs> hey, it's a high risk game, you know. Um, that risk taker is hoping to see a very high return that will carry the balance of the fund. And yeah. there's the cost of capital as well. Both the conventional venture capitalist and the structured equity investment manager must deal with the financial realty realities of the cost of capital. Yeah. Uh, and we, we've got more, but you know what? We have about a minute to break. You want to 
save oh. this rant for this last bit? <laughs> yeah, let's save the I, rant. Because yeah. I know you got some things on your mind, pal, yeah. about that. So we're going to take another break for our sponsors. You are listening to VC Confidential, and we will be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. And Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential. Only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us today. We are talking about the difference between venture debt, which most people in the financial world seem to understand, and a structured exit, which we would like to retitle structured equity investment, which appears to be a new concept to many investors. And I find this surprising as our attorney, David Gitlin, um, our guest of the show last week, has been talking about structured exits since 2015. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jillian, before the break, we were just winding up to talk about <laughs> the cost of capital. And honestly, this never gets talked about enough. So take it away. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this one just always fries my bacon. You know, you go into, I don't know, a timeshare presentation. They tell you what a great deal all of this stuff is. What they don't account for is the cost of capital. Here's the deal and the concept. Any amount of money you spend on anything... You either tie up the capital because you expect your capital to come back with some earned interest, right? That's an investment. Or you've used it entirely. You bought a hairbrush or, I don't know, a bottle of uh, hand cream or whatever, right? But you have used the capital. Now, in investments, the cost of capital is what else you could have done with it. 
So every time you tie up capital, not only is the risk that you might not see it back because, you know, life changes over time. Who knows? The whole world could implode. We could have some kind of a virus that just shuts the whole economy down, right? Am- imagine it, that. It could happen. <laughs> right. It could happen. Right. And, uh, and we used to say it that way. Oh, it could happen. Right. Look, it happened. So um, those kinds of things can happen and it can change what happens to your capital. Now, the cost of capital is what else you could have earned. Just keep that in mind. And since we don't have a whiteboard here, I'm just going to give an example. Let's say I invest 100 bucks in a company, and I have to wait to see that money return to me for an entire decade. I have the full cost of that capital, that 100 bucks, for the whole 10 years to account for. That cost of capital is equal to the interest or the increase in value, right, that that capital would have earned in any other investment. So let's take a modest REIT. How about 8% interest year over year, okay? And it can be compounded, by the way, through reinvestment for about 10 years, right? That's the cost of the capital. If I can start seeing some of that capital come back to me in, say, year three, I get to redeploy that capital to earn more before the end of the 10 years, So every time I see a dollar back, I get to use that dollar to go make more money, either in the same place or elsewhere, doesn't matter, but you want your money to return to you more quickly. All right. Time is a risk factor and time is money. So I'm going to take the next one, which is uh, returning equity to founders. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. You know, when founders relinquish stock early in the scale scalability game, it dilutes their ownership and often their long-term control of the company. And the cost is the highest, but it's going to be the most expensive money they will ever take because, yeah. it, because of how things develop after that. It's the cost is the highest when it's early. So, if they can get their equity back, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that a no-brainer? Because then yeah. they have a tidy cap table that they can then, when they go for a large VC, if they're going to do some kind of rocket leap or something, mega mm-hmm. leap. Um, so that is uh, that having a better serious cap advantage, table. Yeah. Serious advantage. Yeah. Uh, what else, Jillian? Well, if you can hold off negotiating with those conventional VCs until a little later, your company's worth more as long as you can pay back this structured ex- uh, you know, equity investment. Now, I should point out, with a structured equity investment, you have somebody on your cap table until you redeem that stock. You do not have a debt line. It doesn't say you owe 100000 bucks or 500000 or a million bucks. It says you have an investor for that sum. And that, that investor is has terms in which you will buy back that stuff, right? So, you know, the, you uh, sold your equity for one, you're going to buy it back for two. That was the cost of it and so on. But that's huge. It's huge for you and it's huge for your investors. Yeah. So, and so the and the next one on the bullet is kind of yeah. in the same vein as being helpful to the, um, to the founders. It's the ability mm-hmm. to scale corporations without forcing an exit. And that is also huge. I think so. And it's good for the economies in which these startups are functioning. Again, 80% of every conventionally venture funded company is going to die in five years. 
And when venture capital was kind of invented almost 75 years ago now, they thought it would only be 2% that would survive. It was designed for a very small sliver of companies to get the kinds of investments required to take these massive risks to develop the innovations in technologies that would power the human race through the next century. That made all kinds of good sense, right? But not so much when you have so many companies that you're killing off. So this is really good for the economies. It's good for the entrepreneurs. And as we saw earlier, it's good for investors. And uh, the last point is specifically good for investors that using structured equity investments can optimize the tax advantages for the investors. So yep. with that, we are, it's a wrap. We are done. I don't know how these go so fast, Jillian. They just really do. Um, I know. This, is, this episode of BC <laughs> Confidential, we invite you to join us each Tuesday for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of sh this shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We would like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to future shows as well as the past shows <laughs> and this one right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you like to get your podcast. You'll also find all of our uh, CEO Coach podcasts there as well, about, about a decade's worth. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. You can find out more about us at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.